Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. This series called Set Apart. And um, matter of fact, just loud and proud, some will say, Set Apart. Okay, that was, that, that was pretty good. Seriously, I was preaching at church on Sunday, so embarrassing. And, and I'm like, hey, bump your neighbor and say something. Nobody did it. Like, all the adults are like, it's Literally, I'm like, that's embarrassing for all of you. How dare you? I'm going back to youth. Um, but, but set apart, that's a series. And I want you to really get that in your heart because I really do believe that's going to be our theme this entire year. Like, if you want to know what I believe God is saying to you and I in 2021, it is that we are supposed to be people that are set apart. And we're going to talk in this series more about what that means. Um, but, but I kind of want to give you the reason tonight why. Someone say why. Why? why? Um, are you like me? Are you a why person? Yes. I don't like doing anything unless I know why I'm doing it. Like, if I, I need to know, but why do, I want to talk tonight about why it is such a big deal that we're set apart. And um, I, I didn't plan this, uh, but today's kind of a perfect day to talk about that because has anybody else besides from me noticed that um, kind of our country is going crazy right now? Yes. I, I don't know if you've looked at social media, if you've talked to your parents, but, but, but we're, we're literally experiencing, um, I think this is like one of the most overused, but probably the most like, like applicable, uh, thank you, Jenny, uh, phrases in all of 2020, but we are in unprecedented times. And, and it's not just political divide. Um, p- please, please hear me tonight. Um, there, there's a spiritual thing happening in our nation. There's a spiritual thing happening in our nation in a very real way. And, and it's, it's, it's not, uh, forgive me for sounding like the old fogey, um, I think most of us in this room are young enough that that you probably already think a lot of it is normal, but it's not. It's, it's I mean, this is not this is not the nation that I was raised in, and and um, I I know it probably already feels and sounds kind of normal to you, but but we are living in dark times. And and here here's the good news: the Bible says the darker the world gets, the brighter the light will shine. The Bible says the darker the world gets and the more evil just starts to prevail and pervade that we will see a end time, these last days we're living in, a revival happen. And like never in the history of all of humanity, we will see God move and his uh, his spirit be poured out and people get saved and stuff happen like never before, like never before. That, that's actually the days that we are living in right now. And, and we, we have a choice whether or not we will be a part of that or we will get sucked into the background. I had someone ask me on Sunday, if you were here on Sunday or if you listened to uh, our podcast or our sermon, I preached on the Bible on Sunday and uh, why, why we uh, re- read the Bible. And so after service, someone's like, hey, Brandon, can I ask you a question? Um, but like, why do we read the Old Testament though? Like he's old. Like, 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 why, like why, well, why do I need the Old Testament? And actually the Old Testament, it, it gives us a lot of parallels for our, our lives today. For example, uh, the children of Israel, someone say Israel. Israel. 
children of Israel, they paralleled the people of God. So let me give you a quick history lesson. Uh, the children of Israel, they were in, in slavery for 400 years uh, in, in Egypt. Anybody, you seen the Prince of Egypt? The the Prince of Egypt, uh, 400 years, uh, God with a mighty hand breaks them out and they walk across the Red Sea and they are free and, and God's taking them to a promised land. God has something for them, but, but they parallel you and I in a lot of ways because here's what we find. The children of Israel, although God miraculously saved them, P.S., that parallels what Jesus did Be, because we have been miraculously saved by the power of Jesus. And, and although they were saved like we've been saved, there was a promised land. There were some things that God had for them, kind of like there's some things that God has for us that we've yet to experience. But the Bible says this, because they were lazy and disobedient and they chose to, to give their heart to idols and other things rather than God, they for 40 years walked in circles. They, they, God literally goes, you know what? This generation doesn't get it. And so they will circle for 40 years until they are dead and a new generation arises. It's interesting because we think about idols like, bro, I'm not an idol worshiper. Like I, I doubt if I'm like, hey, by show of hands tonight, who worships idols? That someone would be like, totally, man, totally. Do you want to come see my collection? Actually, I have a whole, like it's, it's on my... No, nobody would do that. But that's because we think about idols as like big gold statues. But did you know that there's a lot of idols that we probably wouldn't love to admit that are present in our life? An idol is anything that we give attention to, we give love to more than we do to Jesus. So like, I don't want to get awkward and just get real quiet. But uh, I think if we just took a poll, there may be some things some people, some relationships, some electronic devices, some, some, some pursuits, some hobbies that let's just be honest tonight, let's call it what it is. You actually give a lot more time, tension, energy, love, devotion to over God. That's called an idol. That's an idol. It's that thing that you're like, oh, bro, seriously, I would never, ever give that up but you're pretty quick to dismiss the things that God's asking you to do. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal. That's called, it's called, called an idol. I remember one time, uh, have you ever had a friend that like, not, like, not anybody, like, the, like I'm, I'm not thinking of anybody, but you ever had a friend before and they're just in a toxic relationship? Like, if you, if you, you know this person? Like, just like, oh, that's, that's toxic. Um, wh- one time, I, I've never thought that I was going to get beat up by a 12-year-old except for this one time. And, um, I, I was sitting across the table. We were like, just guy was asking my opinion. And I think it was like in seventh or eighth grade. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I think your best move is to dump this girl because she, this dude almost jumped over the table. And I'm like, this is like when animals attack, my God. When middle schoolers attack, my, but that, that's, that's, that's idol. The Bible says because of idol worship and disobedience, they missed it. Here's my question tonight. Will we miss this great thing that God wants to do in our, in our nation, in our life, in our school, in our sphere of influence, because we're so busy worshiping other things with our love, our time, our attention, 
as, as, as a, because a whole generation missed it. But then there was this dude named Joshua. Someone say Joshua. Joshua. This dude named Joshua, Moses dies. And Joshua chapter one, you can read it. God goes, all right, Moses is dead. He gone. Joshua, it's your turn now. And I need you to rise up and I need you to lead your people into their promised land. This is not in my notes, but tonight we're kind of just winging it. Is that cool? Can we just kind of, okay, we're, we're winging it. Um, can, can I say there are some people in here tonight, you're a leader and you're living less than. Be, because here was Joshua and God goes, Joshua, it's time for you to get up and lead because there's a whole bunch of people around you that there's something God has for them and they won't get there unless you get up. They won't get there unless you rise up on the inside and go, God, you, you, you want to use me to, to, there are some people in here tonight and, and you know who, I don't even know who you are, but you know who you are because God's been speaking to you. You're a leader. And, and God has called you to have influence in your school, influence with your friends, influence in this youth ministry. God wants to use you to lead some people into their promised land, lead some people into the things of God, but you've been sitting on your hiney. And 2021 is a year that God's saying, it, it, it's time to get up. And here's what he says, Joshua, Joshua all right, you got to get up. But the first thing, someone say first thing. The first thing you got to do, Joshua 3, 5, it's not where I asked you to open up, but Joshua 3, 5, I'm going to read it to you. This is going to be like our theme verse for all of this series. Joshua 3, 5, he goes, but here's what you got to do, Joshua. You got to go tell the people something. Go tell the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. Joshua, I'm about to take you into the thing that I've been promising you. But here's the first step. Here's the key. You have to today, someone say today. today. You got to today, you got to set yourself apart. So tomorrow I can do something miraculous. J just real quick, let's use our imagination. We all have one. Um, let's just think about See, because a lot of times we think about things in terms of what we can do. But let's just think for a second. Let's think about the miraculous power of God and let, let's just dream for a minute. What if something happened so radical that your whole high school got radically saved? What, what, what if God did something so radical that all of the middle schools in Fort Mill and TGK and Rock Hill and the surrounding, what if like something just went crazy and the spirit of God began to move and, and, and students start getting, what if God did something supernatural and everything that we are bickering and arguing about and we're like, oh my gosh, we're screwed. What if God like flipped the whole thing around and supernaturally light prevailed over darkness and, and God flipped our nation back to worshiping him. Be, because like, let's read the Bible for what it is and then we're gonna get to actually like the, the sermon. It'll be super fast too. But here's what they are up against. Um, the reason we've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years is because uh, there's like a whole promised land that we're supposed to be living in. It's like the best land. Um, but it belongs to other people right now. Like it wasn't like just like free land. 
there were other people in it. So it, it, it kind of be like me being like, yo, Garrett, I'm gonna take you. I don't know why I pick on you all the time, Garrett. Yo, Garrett, I'm gonna take you over to like some super rich neighborhood where it's like the mansions, all mansions, all mansions. And be like, Garrett, this whole neighborhood's yours, bro. I'm giving it to you. It's yours. And then Garrett realizes, yeah, but people still live in these houses. And um, like, ah, uh, that's cool, man. But like, I just, yeah, man, it's yours. Like, just, 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 just go in there. How, how though? The reason they weren't in God's promised land yet is because there were enemies who were like, if you even come close, we will murder you. And, and so there's real opposition. God, God wasn't like, guys, it's Christmas time. We're gonna, he, what he was saying is, hey, we're about to step over. And, and why he says, I'm gonna do wonders amongst you is because you're gonna step over and I'm gonna supernaturally start wiping your enemies out. It's not gonna be you, it's gonna be me. And I'm, I'm gonna let you have a front row seat, but I'm gonna start wiping your enemy. I'm gonna do one. Well, Brandon, my high school could never get radically saved. It's too evil, it's too dark, it's too, really because God has the ability to wipe darkness with, with, with light. I'm gonna tell you a quick story and then we'll really get going. Um, I probably told you this story before, but let me just, just stir you up, all the leaders in the room. Um, look, look at, point at yourself and just say, I'm a leader. I'm, I'm a leader. Okay, you, like we all got sphere of influence. Uh, I, I have a friend, I know a guy that when he was a senior year, he decided I want to do something great for God. And so him and two of his friends, tres people. I was going to say tres like dudes, but I don't know how to say dudes in Spanish. Um, I, um, th- three guys, um, they're like, hey, we're just going to start praying at lunch. And by the end of first semester, they went from like three dudes praying at lunch to like 20 people, to like 50 people. And by the end of the year, they had 500 people that would leave lunch every day and go to the main auditorium because the only place that, that, that would fit. And every day people were getting saved. People were getting healed. A radical revival happened in a high school because three guys went, I don't know how, but I think God wants to do something great in our school. God can do, but the Bible says, set yourself apart for tomorrow, God will do wonders. All right, I got like five minutes to preach my entire sermon because that wasn't it. So let me, let me give you a couple of thoughts. If you're taking notes, write this down. Title of my sermon, I'm not even gonna read the scriptures. I'm just gonna give you the points so we can get out of here on time. Title of my sermon, if you're taking notes, write this down. Title of the message is this. Hi, my name is. Anybody, can, can you complete that? Anybody? You're, thank you so much. <laughs> what, what's Child of the, the One Tree King from? It's a song. Oh my gosh! I'm so I'm. I'm the worst. I'm the worst pastor ever because the only song I know is "Chicka Chicka Slim Shady." <laughs> oh man, I'm the worst. Why do I have this job? Pray for me. Um, <laughs> um, okay, but here's like we're we're running out of time. So here, here's the whole crux of my message, right? That I was gonna preach before I said all that other stuff. Um, I think the reason that we don't set ourselves apart is because we think setting ourselves apart is, is becoming something else. Uh, I could, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, because like, I'm not that person. Let's just pretend for a minute this Christmas treat um, is a example of a shining, holy, pure, righteous, like the prototypical, like that's what being a godly person is. And we're like, ah, that's not me though. 
And so I can't like, like I, 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 I'm not into setting myself apart because I don't think I can become that. But here, here's what I want you to, want you to see. Um, being set apart is not becoming something you're not. Being set apart is, is getting all the dirt and the debris off of your life so people can see who you already are. Second Corinthians 5, 17, it's, it says this, that, that when I got saved, when you got saved, when we gave our life to Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, he became a new creation. All the old things were gone. Behold, all things have now become new. All things have become new. A couple of verses you can write down. It won't be on the screen, but 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says that he who knew no sin became sin so I could become the righteousness of God. Hebrews 10, 14, Hebrews 10, 14. It says that by one, someone say one, by one sacrifice, Jesus forever perfected you, even though you're still a work in progress. So what my Bible says is the moment I said, Jesus, I can't do this without you. I need you. And I gave Jesus my life. What happened is I became a brand new creation and I became righteous and forever perfected in the eyes of God. But then here's what happens. But then we just like go about our normal business and the dirt and the dust and the debris of this world gets all over us. And pretty soon, just like you can have a brand new, beautiful, shiny car. Someone shout out your dream car. If you have any car, what would it be? Silverado, Silverado. I had a friend, um, Jordan Mix and Jenny, you'd appreciate that. Uh, I had a friend that I'm like, bro, what's your dream car? Like, do you get any car? I'm thinking like exotic Lamborghini. He goes, oh, bro, bro, oh, bro. Oh, dude, I have the Cadillac in my car. I'm like, Fru's like, yeah, I do. Toyota Corolla. I'm like, wait, he's like, dude, seriously. Like this was years ago. He's like, bro, have you seen the new 2017 Corolla? Bro, I literally have the book in my car and he like Corolla all day long. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll go Silverado. But it's like a brand new, beautiful Silverado, but you've been driving it for six months and haven't washed it. And, and there is a beautiful paint job. There is a beautiful finish on that car, but you just can't see it because there's dust on it. Do you know what being set apart is? Being set apart is not going, ah, okay, this year I'm gonna become so holy. No, you already are righteous. You already are holy. You already are perfected in God's sight. You're just a little bit dusty. And so being set apart is not becoming something. Being set apart is saying, God, I'm, I'm going to welcome and invite you into my life in a greater capacity so you can clean me and you can wash me. And the real me can start becoming obvious and evident because you already are holy, righteous. You already are. I'm going to give you th three thoughts and then we're going to close this down. Number one, uh, you, you can write this down. Um, and it made more sense when like I actually was preaching uh, the, the sermon. I don't know where, where, where Brad went. I don't see him back there. Um, oh, my man. Uh, number one, you can write this down. Um, uh, I am loved by God. Hi, my name is who am I? I am loved by God. Just know, just know tonight, you're already loved by God. Being set apart is not you going, all right, I, I just, I got to work on myself so I can be, no, you already are loved by God. Number two, jot this down. Hi, my name is forgiven by God. 
Just know tonight you already are. You're loved by God. You've been forgiven and cleansed of all of your sin. That's why I love Hebrews 10, 14. Like if you're going to memorize a verse this year, I'd go with that one. By one sacrifice, he forever perfected me, even though I'm still a work in progress. Even though I'm messed up, even though I make dumb decisions, even though I say dumb things, even though I'm still a work in progress, he's forever perfected me because of his one sacrifice. I'm already loved by God. I'm already forgiven by God. And number three, jot this down. And I'm already chosen by God. God has already chosen you. The, the verse that I asked you to open up to at the very beginning, and we never got to it. I'll read it to you now. First Corinthians 15, uh, nine through 10. This is the apostle Paul. And he says, for I'm the least of all the apostles. Now you probably know this because you're all Bible scholars and you're geniuses, but in case someone in here isn't, I'll just tell you. Um, do you know what the apostle Paul's old job was before he became like the leading leader in the New Testament? Yeah, in the back, Noah. Persecutor of Christians. Out of, why'd you go like this? Like your man? Do you persecute Christians? He was a persecutor of Christians. Garrett's like, my man, bro. Everyone, I'm just kidding. I, I got you, I got you. Like, persecutor of Christians. Hey, the moment was tense, bro. Sorry, I had to use you for comic relief. Um, like, persecutor of Christians. Let, let's just clarify. Paul hunted Christians and murdered them. Not like, yeah, he like wrote mean stuff about them on Facebook. Nope. Like, Paul stood there. Let's just, let's just get the picture. For, Paul stood there. While, while people laid in the streets and had rocks thrown at them until they died. This is Paul's old job. And Paul was literally on his way with letters from the government to go murder Christians. And he has a radical encounter with God. And so Paul goes, dude, seriously? <laughs> I'm the least of all the apostles. Like, bro, for real, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I was persecuting the church of God. Yet verse 10, this would be my second verse to memorize if I'm gonna memorize one. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul goes seriously like, no, 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 no. I did not achieve this. I didn't earn this. Like I, I'm not able to lead and be used by God in 2021, in a year that is so dark and, and, and has the potential, I'm not able to be used by God in a supernatural way because I earned it. I'm bro, you should have seen my 2020. I'm the least, but I am who I am by the grace of God. The grace is the unearned, undeserved, unmerited love and blessing and favor that's been poured. I am who I am by the grace of God. And listen to what he says. And here's what I really want to challenge you with. And Kimberly, you can come up and, and play and help, help us to close. Um, here's what I want to challenge you with. He says, but I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Listen, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which, which was in me. Here, here's how, how I want to close. Um, have you ever been really like frustrated before because someone wasted something? 
that you didn't think should be wasted? Like, let me give you an example because you don't know my pain. Um, I pay my money to buy groceries at the grocery store. Sorry, our money. My apologies. Um, it's my money. Um, kidding, kidding. Come on. Um, like, we, we pay our money to buy our kids groceries. Do you know how irritating it is? When our kids, like, I, I want a yogurt. We give them a yogurt, and they take a bite of their ridiculously expensive yogurt. Like, Graham has, uh, he has, like, a dairy allergy, so we got to get him, like, special, like, coconut milk yogurt. And um, when he takes a bite of his, like, $17.99 yogurt, and then goes, I'm done, and walks over and throws in the, I'm like, are you, no, you will eat that yogurt, my man, because that, but Paul goes, <laughs> I am who I am by the grace of God. I, by the grace of God, I'm loved. By the grace of God, I've been forgiven. By the grace of God, I've been chosen for something. And he goes, you know what? God's grace won't be wasted on me. Nope. God's grace will not be wasted on my life. There, there, there might be some other people that get to the other side of eternity and stand before Jesus and, and, and have to say, yeah, I'm so sorry that I threw your grace. I threw the yogurt in the trash, but God's not wasting his grace on me. God's grace was not, he said, but I labored. In other words, this is what he's, is he saying, but I set myself apart and I gave myself to God more than them all because I was so freaking amazed that, that God chose me. Hold up. I, I have spent my entire life literally trying to, to go against you, to stop the, the name of Jesus from be, being spread. I've like put so much energy and effort to, I have blood on my hands, killing people and God, you love me. And despite what I've done, you, you've forgiven me and you've called me righteous and holy. And you've chosen, he goes, oh, no, no, no. God, your grace will not be wasted on me. Can, can, can I just challenge you tonight? Would God's grace not be wasted on you? You're loved by God. You've been forgiven, you've been cleansed, and you've been chosen by God. Brandon, if I'm chosen, if I'm a leader, then like, what do I do? Step number uno, one in Spanish, in case you're wondering. Um, it's be set apart. The first thing I do is, I, I, don't, I don't know a lot, but the first thing I'm gonna do, God, is I'm gonna set myself apart and I'm gonna give all that I have to you. Here, here, here's what I wanna encourage you with and we're, we're gonna pray. And, um, and we're gonna sing this chorus one more time as we close. But as you leave tonight, uh, we have our 21 days of prayer and fasting cards. Um, I, I really do wanna challenge you that you would join us as a church starting this coming Sunday, January 10th, and you would join us for the next 21 days to pray and fast. Brandon, I don't know how to pray and fast. Perfect. That's why we made these cards. Um, literally, it explains it in three different steps. It is super simple. Um, we have leaders available. We would love to help you. But literally, all you have to do is pick up one of these cards and have the ability to read. And it explains it to you in three different Well, Brandon, I don't know how to pray. Perfect. Because the back of it is literally a prayer card that you can put in front of you and you can take five minutes and you can use this prayer card to pray. God, 
I'm gonna, what is fasting? Fasting is saying, God, this thing's an idol to me. This is something I give way more attention and devotion than I, so I'm putting this thing over here. And in, we used to call it replace with faith because what we used to say is we're, well, I'm replacing this with putting all my faith in God. I, maybe it's social media for you. Maybe it's a relationship. I, I, I don't know, but, but God, I'm, I'm, I'm setting aside this to give more attention to you. And, and I'm not just going on a diet. I really am giving more attention to you. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna read my Bible and I'm gonna say, God, in these 21 days, would you do something supernatural in me? Can, can, can I tell you one more story and then we're gonna be done? One more story. You don't have a choice. I'm telling you one more story. It's not funny, man. Just kidding. Um, it, it was probably 10 years ago or so. We had just started uh, uh, d- doing youth. And uh, we, we had, I don't know, may, maybe 10, 15 kids that were coming. And um, I really wasn't thinking about anything, but like, I just love youth group. And uh, I was up late one night watching TV. Anybody you like to binge TV late at night? Me too, pray for us. Um, and um, I, I was flipping around and I landed on, I gotta be honest, my, my least favorite channel of all time, TBN. I know I'm a pastor, I should love TBN. Trinity Broadcasting Network, but I've just, I've never been a fan. But I landed on TV and a guy named Jensen Franklin, Jensen Franklin was on there. And um, he's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, and he was talking about prayer and fasting. And God just prompted my heart, hey, you should pray and fast for 21 days. That's what he's talking about. You should do, and so I did. For, for 21 days, I gave up all TV and media and anything like that was entertaining. And I just said, I, I, I love food too much. God, please help me. I'll do that another time. I'm gonna do all TV. And I, I three times a day, took 15 minutes and prayed. And I just felt like, God, I think you wanna do something like in our youth group. And so I took three times a day, 15 minutes, and I just prayed for our youth group. I prayed for our students by name. I prayed for what God was doing. And uh, I wasn't connecting the dots. And we had coming up like this kind of like, hey, this big, cool night. I don't know what it's called. And um, we had like 120 kids show up. Now, that might not like mean anything to you. And you're like, oh, who, who cares? Um, but like that was the starting point for this season in our youth ministry where, I mean, like Jenny can tell you because she was here, where we just started seeing kids that you would never see in church randomly showing up and getting saved. We start seeing people you would never see shadow the doors of church start getting radically devoted to God. Like this is how rad it was at times. We had police cars in the parking lot a couple Wednesdays because the kids that were coming to youth group and like trying to pursue Jesus uh, were actually like being looked for by the police. Um, like real story. But, but, but I, I tell you that because I, I didn't connect like 21 days of prayer and fasting to like, but but I remember like at some point going, wait a minute. God, I think that there was a connection between my, my 21 days of prayer and fasting and, and this stuff you just start doing in, in our youth group. In, in my, and why do I tell you that? Because who knows what's connected to your decision to pray and fast? Who knows? It could have nothing to do with LYC. Maybe it has everything to do with your school campus. Maybe it has everything to do with, with, with a friend, with a family. Maybe it has everything to do with something that's not even on your radar that God's gonna bring into your world that you don't even, you're not even, who knows what's connected to your decision to say, God, I'm, 
I, I don't know exactly what you want to do, but you want to do something. And so I'm devoting myself for 21 days to pray, fast, and say, God, work in me so you can work through me. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.